hello and back in to another edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. As you know, I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of the content that we have been putting out, which has been a lot because the NBA is going crazy right now. Um, So type in Mile High Sports into your browser, click the Nuggets icon in the top right corner, and just start reading or listening. Um, We are going to dive into the fact that Paul Millsap's $30 million team option was picked up by the Nuggets today. I'm going to talk about Trey Lyles' qualifying offer that that had been tendered to him, and the impact of these two moves and how it could change the outlook for the Nuggets this coming season as well as down the line. Um, I also got some listener questions that were sent in as well. I put that out there because this is a very confusing time of year with the cap ramifications and what all these team options are, what a qualifying offer even is, who it needs to be extended. So I'm going to walk through just the repercussions and what can lead from this situation. Overall, I will say this off the bat, I think that the Nuggets giving Paul Millsap his $30 million team option this year is not a bad move at all, and I'll explain why I feel that way down the line, and I also think that the fact that they gave Paul Millsap that $30 million team option this year, it it allows it to make even more sense as to why the Nuggets tendered a qualifying offer to Trey Lyles to make him a restricted free agent as well. Um, Before I get into all of that, as well as the the questions that came in from listeners, I gotta at least pay pay some bills. So first and foremost, go give some love to the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. They do great work for audio production. You can find them on Instagram under the handle regulators regime you can also reach out to rod simba on instagram he is one of the three members of the regulators production group he is at rod simba on instagram that is r-o-d-s-y-m-b-a additionally this denver nuggets daily podcast is presented by terrapin care station without terrapin care station being the benefactor of the show it would not be what it is so for all of your cannabis goods in the denver metro area make sure you go find a terrapin care station somewhere near you this is the denver nuggets daily podcast Podcast powered by Mile High Sports, presented by Terrapin Care Station. So before we go any further, here is a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. start with what is clearly the most important decision that was made today, and that is the Denver Nuggets picking up Paul Millsap's $30 million uh, team option for the final year of his contract. This has become a polarizing topic of conversation because at face value, Paul Millsap's 12.5 points and 7.5 rebounds per game do not make up what a player should make up for a $30 million contract. I understand the mathematics behind that, and when people say that, 
I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I think you're missing a lot of context as to what makes Paul Millsap that valuable to Denver. So the first thing is, whenever people come out and start talking about the, the money they could have saved if they didn't have him, I would rather there be a understanding that there has to be somebody that can step into Paul Millsap's shoes and be able to continually help this Nuggets team to get to where they want to be. So before you start yelling about the money that is being spent on a player, there has to be some understanding of who you would rather bring in. And I don't think there is anybody on the free agent market that the Nuggets could have gotten for a max contract or not that would have been interested, that could have given the Nuggets the amount of production, um, whether it's statistically proven or not, that Paul Millsap brings to the table. Paul Millsap is the best defender on the team. He is the guy who has unlocked and helped Nikola Jokic become the unquestioned franchise star of this Denver Nuggets team. He is one of the best veteran leaders in that locker room. He is a guy who fills in every single gap that the Nuggets could ever hope for. If they needed some scoring in a pinch, he can get into the post and get you a bucket. If he needs to keep the ball moving as a facilitator on offense, he can do that. If you need a guy to get down and just set screens and get offensive rebounds and do the dirty work, he can do that. Defensively, he can defend on the perimeter he can defend in the post you can switch him what you know one through four even some centers he fills in all of the gaps that the nuggets need in particular so i don't think there is anybody on the free agent market that the nuggets could have acquired that could have added the amount of things that paul Millsap adds to this team so i do think that picking up the option it's it does seem like he is not worth that amount of money and you're probably right saying that but to the nuggets and what they could have gotten instead of him he was worth the money in that way on top of this, Paul Millsap wanted to stay and the Nuggets needed him to stay. Like I said, there was no one out there that, that the Nuggets could have signed to fill his shoes. And Paul Millsap said during his exit interview that Denver is the place, the type of team that he would want to win with. He doesn't want to just go to the Warriors and go become a mercenary hunting for titles. He likes that the Nuggets are an overlooked team. He likes that they have a chip on their shoulder because that's exactly who he is. He came into the league as a tweener forward who wasn't a small forward, wasn't a power forward, had to develop a jump shot, and was never looked at as a guy who could become who he is today. So for him to be able to help a team that has that same perception around them get to where they want to be while also helping himself compete for a title, that's what makes Paul Millsap want to stay here. And again, the Nuggets need him. So... In my opinion, there was no situation in which Paul Millsap was not going to be on the Denver Nuggets roster unless, of course, a guy like Tobias Harris, who they had talked about, or a guy like Chris Middleton potentially was willing to come to Denver. So, And even then, it would have taken so much maneuvering to be able to create the money to sign a guy like that that it would have been difficult anyway. The other part of this that made it difficult was the timing of when the Nuggets had to pick up Paul Millsap's option or decline it. You have to have it done by June 29th. I'm recording this podcast about 3.15 Mountain Time on June 29th, and as you have already seen throughout this day, there have been so many options either picked up or declined. That's because today is the last day for any option, player option or team option, that the team has to decide on it. The reason that this is important is that even if there was a player out there that the Nuggets maybe could feel like could step into Paul Millsap's shoes and provide what he brings, if not a little bit more to make it justifiable to make that type of a move and to move on from him, they would have had to absolutely unequivocally know that. Because imagine if the Nuggets declined Paul Millsap's contract, if he got a very big offer from somewhere else, let's just say Minnesota who chased them, who chased him a couple years ago, 
And then the Nuggets don't get their free agent that they want. So all of a sudden, you're looking at a situation where they lose Paul Millsap, don't get a guy they want, don't have that much cap space anyway to get who they need to get to be able to fill out the rest of the team. That's a disaster. So the timing of it made it very difficult for the Nuggets to be able to go out on the free agent market and see who they could get. They had to choose now. And because of that, they felt probably more comfortable allowing Paul Millsap to stay in Denver and not have to have this upheaval that could potentially blow up in their face as opposed to just bringing him back. So they just brought him back on the deal. Um, when it comes to the fact that he got $30 million in the last part of his team option, as opposed to restructuring a new contract, that becomes a very interesting conversation. Um, this will allow the Nuggets more cap flexibility for next year than they would have had. Imagine if the Nuggets would have re-signed Paul Millsap to a three-year, um, let's just say $36 million contract, call it $12 million a year. That then would impact the Nuggets' ability to extend Jamal Murray, to extend Malik Beasley, to potentially extend Juancho Hernan Gomez. Torrey Craig will be a free agent next year. Mason Plumley will be a free agent next year. There's a lot that the Nuggets would have to do to be able to keep this team going forward. And now... Because they picked up his option, they're going to have much more flexibility going into 2020-21 when they actually start to make some big jumps potentially. Additionally, I know this is a lot of jargon that has been thrown at you, so it's kind of hard to follow, but... In the NBA, they have what is called bird rights, and the Nuggets now have the bird rights for Paul Millsap after he completes his third year with the team. What that means is that the Nuggets can re-sign Paul Millsap for whatever amount up to 100 and. 125% of this, whatever. It doesn't matter because it won't come into play. But the Nuggets can re-sign Paul Millsap to the number that they feel comfortable with, even if they're over the cap in 2021. So now, let's just say they go into 2020-21 after this year, they whatever happens, and they extend Jamal Murray, they extend Malik Beasley, they re-sign Torrey Craig, Mason Plumley walks, they sign a new backup center, even if they are over the cap at that point. They could still offer Paul Millsap a three-year, $30 million contract to come back regardless because they own the bird rights. So the flexibility that the Nuggets now have because of this deal does make a lot of sense. And on top of that, it helps them avoid the tax this year. I know fans are upset about the Nuggets trying to avoid the tax this year, but if they're not going to go out there and find a high-priced free agent, there's no reason to put themselves into the tax this year because if they do end up in the tax next year for an auto porter, let's say, or whoever ends up on the market, that would then be a repeater tax with a percentage of the amount of money you have to pay on top of your salary cap starts to spike even more. So there's a lot that went into that, but that's kind of the idea of why the Nuggets felt comfortable picking up that $30 million option. Now the Nuggets can avoid the repeater tax. They're going to have more flexibility going into next season. They can still re-sign Paul Millsap, which a Nuggets source has told me that the Nuggets still remain very interested in doing. Um, they can still you know, extend Jamal Murray, extend Malik Beasley, because those numbers won't hit the cap until next year. Everything that the Nuggets wanted to do besides signing a max contract player is on the table right now because of what they were able to do. And to expand off of that, let's talk about Tobias Harris for a second. 
the Nuggets, well, Mike Singer of the Denver Post put out the report earlier today that the Nuggets, who were interested in Tobias Harris, that was confirmed, um, they ended up being priced out of Tobias Harris. They didn't feel like what they were going to be offering was going to be accepted, and they went, and that ended up being the justifiable reason why the Nuggets were willing to give that $30 million to Paul Millsap on his team option. Because if it's not Tobias Harris, who are they going to get? They weren't going to get Jimmy Butler. They weren't going to get Clay Thompson. They weren't going to get Kevin Durant. They're not going to get Kawhi Leonard. Um, they don't have guard depth that they need, so it wasn't going to be a Kemba Walker situation. Al Horford was interesting, but I mean, him and Nikola Jokic play the same position, so again, it was just interesting. So when you start getting into the weeds, Tobias Harris was the only name mentioned with the Nuggets, and for good reason. That was the only player that the Nuggets felt like that they could go out there and get that would legitimately improve their roster in the way that they wanted to improve the roster. Once that came out that that was not on the table, the Nuggets felt comfortable just giving that $30 million team option to Paul Millsap. So now what does that mean for right now in this season? Let's get into that part now. The Nuggets will now be operating as an above-the-cap team for the rest of the 2019-20 offseason. Um, the reason that that is going to be is that it would take an incredible amount of trades out of nowhere for the Nuggets to suddenly end up below the cap. Um, so I do not anticipate seeing that happen. They are still not at the luxury tax, and they also have their exceptions they can still use. They have their full mid-level exception, which is worth $9.246 million. So essentially, it's it's $9,250,000 uh, on the contract. So if they wanted to, they could go out there and find a player that they could sign to a four-year $40 million deal that would start just over $9 million in the first year. If they don't want to go that route, they also have their biannual exception, which you can use every two years. If you don't use it, it just rolls over. They have a, and that is worth $3,619,000. So again, they wanted a smaller level free agent that could potentially come. It makes sense to use that biannual as opposed to the mid-level. So that's where the Nuggets are at. Those are their ways of improving the team. They can make trades. They can use their mid-level exception. They can use their biannual exception. Um, in addition to that, I don't expect any big splashy signings. This just isn't a situation in which there are other options out there in which the, Tim Connolly feels like he can improve the team through free agency. The trade market brings a very different conversation to this. There are people maybe out there on the trade market that Tim could feel comfortable going after, but in terms of the draft or in terms of the free agency period, and the available free agents for how they currently are, I don't think that there is anybody out there in which Tim Connolly wants to make a big move for them. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of guys that I went over on my last podcast that I like at the mid-level or biannual exception level. Um, I'll just quickly list them, actually. There's only there's only 10 of them. Uh, first off, for the front court depth, I would look at Taj Gibson, Thaddeus Young, and Kevon Looney. For the wing depth, I would look at Trevor Ariza, Stanley Johnson, Rodney Hood, and Damari Carroll. And then for the backcourt depth, I would look at Seth Curry, Facundo Campazzo of Real Madrid in the ACB League, and then Danny Green if somehow by the graces of the gods he feels like he wants to be in Denver, which I do not expect because there will probably be more money out there for him elsewhere if he wants to go. So we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to him. So I would expect only a signing like that. I would not expect any big splashy signings, maybe a guy to the mid-level. Personally, 
if I could pick anybody, I would be looking at Thaddeus Young. If somehow the Nuggets can get Thaddeus Young on a four-year, $40 million contract, which would be $10 million less than his last contract, which I do not expect. But if some, for some reason he wants to play in Denver, that would be incredible. Um, for wings, I think Rodney Hood would be very interesting or Damari Carroll. And then for the backcourt, I really like Vacundo Campazzo. So again, we'll just have to wait and see. But the Nuggets are not going to make big deals, in my opinion, at this point. It will be more mid-level and biannual exception type players. Now let's look towards next year and also kind of put this free agency period in that as well. So as things currently stand, they can extend Jamal Murray right now. They can extend, or not right now, on June 30th at 6 p.m. Western time or whatever it is. They can extend Jamal Murray because he is up for an extension off his rookie contract. I do expect that to get done. A big reason why the Nuggets felt comfortable picking up Paul Millsap's $30 million team option is the amount of cap space it opens up for next year. So being able to extend Jamal Murray this offseason and have it kick in next year would be a very good way to go about things. So I fully expect the Nuggets to extend Jamal Murray this offseason, and I also expect them to extend Malik Beasley in a similar way that they did with Gary Harris. It won't be, in my opinion, as expensive as Gary Harris was, but the only way to get Malik Beasley for better than league value would to be extend him early. So I would not be surprised if Beasley gets a four-year... Um, $36 million contract, somewhere right around there. Uh, Murray, I would expect to get around $25 million a year. I'm looking at four years, $100 million for him. The interesting one is Wancho. And in my opinion, if the Nuggets were smart and they don't feel like Wancho is the guy that they're going to keep around, I would let him hit restricted free agency. Um, They can still work an extension with him all the way up until, I believe, October 30th is the date. So wait, there's no reason to rush Wancho because he hasn't shown enough to make him a hyper-valuable commodity, despite the fact that there will be teams who would be willing to throw an offer sheet his way. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets signed Wancho Hernan Gomez to a smaller deal and extended him, but he wouldn't be high on my list in terms of priorities. Jamal Murray and Malik Beasley are much higher on that list, in my opinion. Uh, also looking ahead, Tory Craig in 2020-21 will be a restricted free agent as well, coming off of his first contract. Additionally, Paul Millsap, his contract will be uh, expiring as well, so the Nuggets will be need, need to either bring him back or look for a backup center somewhere. And like I said earlier, if Paul Millsap, which by all accounts, will happen if Paul Millsap plays all the way through his three years with the Nuggets this year. The Nuggets can wait all the way until they sign everybody they want to sign, and then they can use their bird rights to sign Millsap to whatever contract they feel comfortable with. So that's what I'm looking at when you really start getting down the line and really projecting out uh, you know, into 2020-21 season as opposed to just looking at it for what this deal means right now. This was not a decision that the Nuggets made feeling that Paul Millsap is a $30 million player. This was a future flexibility move. This was being good to one of their players who has changed their perception and their team and their growth entirely, and it makes sense. So I think it's a very, very shrewd move by Tim Connolly, and it'll be very interesting to see how he goes about it from this point forward. But that was not the only move that Tim Connolly made today. Tim Connolly also tendered a qualifying offer to Trey Lyles, who was up for an extension last year, did not get extended by the Nuggets, and became a restricted free agent this year so long as the Nuggets tendered that qualifying offer. If they did not tender that qualifying offer, he would have been an unrestricted free agent. 
So, everybody is curious why on earth the Nuggets are giving a qualifying offer to Trey Lyles, who was so inconsistent and so rough last year. And the simple answer is, why shut doors and opportunities when you don't need to? With the Nuggets being an above-the-cap team now and using the mid-level exception and the biannual exception and needing to find front-court depth, if they happens to strike out on all of the players that they wanted to find in that front-court area, at least they have Trey Lyles on a restricted free agency contract. Um, I do... Another part of the qualifying offer that was tendered to Trey Lyles is the fact that the Nuggets can pull that offer off the table anytime before July 13th. So if the Nuggets wanted to, let's just say they go to Summer League and the 5th through the 10th is the Vlaco Chanchar Michael Porter Jr. show. And Jared Vanderbilt is also killing it. At that point, the Nuggets can be like, you know what? We don't need Trey Lyles. We believe in the in our young core that we already have, that we drafted ourselves here. So we're going to pull that offer off the table, let Trey Lyles become an unrestricted free agent to go choose where he goes, which there will be suitors for him. There is a very thin stretch big market right now in the free agency pool, and that would make a lot of sense. So the whole point of the Nuggets tending that qualifying offer is just to keep all of their options open instead of just letting Trey Lyles disappear into the mist when they potentially could have used them if they struck out on the other players they were looking for. So I didn't want to go too in-depth with Trey Lyles. I just wanted to hit that. There were also some questions that came in from listeners about him. So I want to get into it a little bit more once we get into that. But overall, I think it's the right move for the Nuggets to put that qualifying offer out worth $4.5 million to Trey Lyles to be begin to kind of scour the free agent market and see if they would eventually have to fall back on him as a backup plan. I have not done this segment in too long because things have just been so chaotic around the league, but I finally got some time today because I was writing before I was going to do my podcast, and I finally got to put the tweet out for some questioners from listeners of the show to put them in so I can start you know, connecting with different listeners and fans and whatever is going on with that. So I was very happy to have that opportunity to do it this time, and I picked five different questions that all relate to either Paul Millsap or Trey Lyles. So let's just start from the, from the top, which is Dehan asking... Does our, do our championship hopes now rely on how Michael Porter Jr. turns out? So if there's one thing I can say to this off the bat is let, let's chill out. Let's calm down about what Michael Porter Jr. is going to bring to the table. I know that the Nuggets have been very vocal about how good he has looked. I know that there have been very big national reporters who have been gung-ho about how well he has looked. I know I have spoken about how well he looks. But the fact of the matter is, is that he has had two back surgeries. He has had a hip issue and he's had drop foot and he turned 20. 21 years old today. So we don't know. He hasn't played basketball in two years. So I would, this is what I would say. I'm sure that these decisions were made today with Michael Porter Jr. somewhat in mind. I do not think they were done in a way that they were like, we believe that Michael Porter Jr. is going to take us from the Western Conference semifinals one game away to an NBA final champion. That is too extreme in one season. Maybe five years down the line, maybe you're right. I don't know. It's hard to project something with the injury concerns that Michael Porter Jr. has at his age and how he plays, but... I would not say that this was a situation in which they made the decision to tender the qualifying offer to Trey Lyles and picked up Millsap's option because they feel Michael Porter Jr. is better than Tobias Harris. That is not what this situation was. It was more the Nuggets got priced out of Tobias Harris, and Michael Porter Jr. may end up being a very, very good player. So why not pick up the Millsap contract, run it back, and see if Michael Porter Jr. can be an X factor to maybe get us a couple extra wins here or there or just change the dynamic. But they are not relying on him for their championship hopes. 
uh, Chandler Jenkins is asking, is Trey Lyles really getting another chance? I do not think that Trey Lyles will be on the Nuggets roster next year. There's a chance it will happen. That's why the Nuggets tendered him a qualifying offer. But if we're going to be honest, again, there are so few bigs who can shoot the ball in the market right now and Nikola Mirotic all of a sudden deciding to go play for Barcelona as opposed to staying in the NBA made that an even thinner market than it was. So I would be very surprised if a team just didn't take a chance on him. He's 23 years old, he's 6'10", 6'11", can handle the ball, can rebound a little bit, can he has a good looking jump shot that has not been able to project to the NBA yet, but I would not be surprised if a team that just needs, like, let's just say that Utah, <laughs> that's a bad example. Let's just say that Milwaukee strikes out on a stretch big or they, or Brooke Lopez ends up going somewhere else or something like that. I would not be, I would be very unsurprised if Trey Lyles suddenly got an offer sheet from Milwaukee. Those kinds of teams that could just desperately use a cheaper stretch big, he makes a lot of sense for. Not Utah, where he used to play. Uh, T. Brady asked, why wouldn't they at least try and make a run at Tobias? Well, my argument would be, I believe that they did. I mean, everybody is tampering now. Everybody is talking to free agents before free agency actually begins. And the fact that the report came out that the Nuggets feel they were priced out of Tobias Harris tells me that they tried to go get him. It tells me that they looked into opening enough cap space to really go after him and that they were willing to do so and that the situation did not feel comfortable enough for them. So they decided to move on and stick with their internal growth and patience, which is what has gotten them this far so far. So I do not think this was a, oh, we don't need to buy us. Let's just move on thing. Tim Connolly is much too, he's much too um, crazy. He, he wouldn't just allow that to happen. Tim Connolly has to know before he just moves on. He doesn't just make these decisions on a whim in that way. So I would not say that they did not make a run at Tobias Harris. I would assume that they did, despite the fact that it would have been tampering, and I have not been told of this. This is speculation. Last question from Adrian Roberts. Does it worry you that Millsap wasn't willing to take a long-term deal for less money? Do you think he's really looking to contend with this team? I picked this question because I think it's very important to state that absolutely Paul Millsap is boughten into this team and he wants to contend with this team. Like I said earlier, the timing of this is very difficult. The Nuggets were interested in Tobias Harris, weren't sure if they were going to get him. And then if, let's just say that on the morning of Saturday, June 29th, when they had to make the decision on Paul Millsap, they finally got word that they wouldn't be able to afford Tobias Harris, so they didn't have the time to suddenly try and rework a deal with Paul. There's a lot of factors that could have been in play here, but I would absolutely say that Paul Millsap is invested and incorporated into this team and believes that he will be able to help them contend for an NBA title one day. That's it. I have been doing 45-minute pods for too long, so I'm leaving it there. Thanks to the Regulators Production Group for putting the beats together. Thank you to Terrapin Carestage for being the benefactor of this show. And thank you to Mile High Sports for powering this podcast. Make sure to keep a talk to Mile High Sports for everything going on at the NBA right now. All kinds of chaotic upheaval around the league, and we will have you covered on all of it. But until then, we will talk to you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day.